Welcome to the final episode of Season 5 of Delving Into Dance. This season has captured such a diverse range of dance, from the likes of David McAllister from the Australian Ballet, the always smiling Beck Reed, choreographic extraordinaire Damien Gillet, Wendy Martin, the artistic director of Perth Festival, who has such a history programming Amazing Dance, and Hillel Cogan. Before introducing this episode's guests, just to head us up, Delving Into Dance will be back in a few weeks with a very special season looking at gender equality. And will feature a range of amazing voices including The Guardian UK's dance critic, Judith Mackerel, and a few other superstars. More about that in a few weeks. Changing format slightly though for this last episode of season five, I speak to two performance makers the collaborators Renee Shadler and Miriam Sogner. I started by asking how they met. So uh, we met back in 2014 in Vienna, where we were both Dance Webbers, which is a, a really big scholarship program um, where you can uh, take part uh, in the whole uh, in Prus Dance Festival. And together with like other six international young makers and dancers who were spending a summer in Vienna, um, that's where we met, and that's basically also where our dialogues started. Um, Renee shortly after moved to Berlin, and then I invited her into my work, uh, the solo Lara, which will also be performed at Dance House in May, back to back with Restore, the solo that. Renee is going to talk about more later. Um, she was basically helping me um, during a performance in Peterson, and we just continued like our dialogue basically around that work. And uh, yeah, it was just continuing. Um, and we also just really like each other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's really important, I think, in a collaboration, like also that now it's 2018 and we're both sitting here in Melbourne. Um, together working now and restore very intensively but that this kind of conversation really began we just uh seeing each other's work we had a saloon at uh dance web and it's kind of where you know these these 60 young makers on this scholarship just show their work to one another in a 15 minute context so it's very quick um and I was really interested in the way um, Miriam was moving and the way she was talking about the way she was moving. So it was also kind of uh, very like deeply embedded in the way she was thinking and being in the world. And I wanted to be around that. So mm. that kind of mm. then, yeah. Nice. And then we went to, actually Miriam was working with um, two visual artists who were making a work for the ACCA, the Australian Centre of Contemporary Art, and she was choreographing, and then I came on and worked with them, also as uh, text dramaturg, Clark Beaumont, is, um, those two wonderful women, and then I worked on Ray's, Miriam Solo as a text dramaturg, and now actually we're even making a duet together, so it's been really these four years of um, a really wonderful friendship, and also a really great uh, workshop, which mm-hmm. is still evolving. Amazing. And so at the time, what were you both interested in? Like individually, what were the things that you were exploring in your work or I guess the context in which you maybe were working at at the time when you met? Yeah. 
Yeah, well, back then, 2014, really long ago. <laughs> yeah, it was just really um, kind of seed was planted for the solo Lara. And so I was just starting to explore, um, started the whole movement research actually around that whole work. And I showed like the first, first um, outcome at Gantzweb in the saloon that Renee mentioned. And what Lara and that movement research is and was dealing with um, is the retranslation of digital movement patterns back onto my organic body. So I would look at a lot of animated um, figures, but also just like how, you know, how email windows pop up when you open them, just like how, how things on your screen move, but also like particularly how, like, uh, uh, you know, little figures from from uh, computer games would move through the parkours that they're making when you like play the game, and I would really like look closely into onto their like uh, errors and the like weird way they were trying to imitate our natural quote unquote natural uh, movement, and instead of like correcting those errors, I would try to imitate them. And that kind of created this weird hybrid situation where it's kind of unclear uh, within which uh, reality am I as a performer operating. And that was just a like, really, really detailed, rigorous movement research where I was really limiting myself to kind of get this movement quality going. And from there, kind of like a whole dramaturgy and story like not really story but like a whole like universe would open within i would then uh, be able to make a piece out of really a very very specific um movement interest so that was really what i was nerding out on back then um and i guess so and I had just I'd been over to uh, Europe a few times um, on various projects, and I'd just been also working as an acting coach at La Valle Cid B on a project by Kauri Aito. So I was I have a theatrical background. Um, I trained at VCA in acting, and um, before that I just did a year at AC Arts in Adelaide in dance. Um, so I was really in this cross art form doing a lot of participation work also because I was working in regional settings. Um, basically just, you know, people would come to me in Australia and say, hey, I've got this festival, uh, can you make something for it? You know, we want people to be engaged on the streets between this time on a Saturday morning. So I would be going out to Krangamite and doing that type of work um, with communities, which I was really excited about and getting a lot out of. But then I was also going over to Europe and working with uh, – these physical theatre companies. And so I guess I was kind of at a cross point in mm. 2014 mm. about where I wanted to focus my energy. Mm. Um, and so then that kind of that interest led me to be in Europe more permanently mm. and um, really connect with Miriam. And then I had this, you know, really like going into the body and I'm still discovering that with the theatre and participation background and weaving it all together so it's really nice now to be in Australia and Miriam working on this uh, new version of Restore um, the solo that I'm presenting at Dance House um, 
and yeah helping me go further into the body and nerding out on that and she's nerding out on my text and participation practice and it's all kind of coming together very nicely so you mentioned like you know like the collaboration is based on a friendship um what makes for you a good collaboration good question I, i think um I think it's also about beginning, like there was an interest in each other's work and being around it, but also just letting it evolve very slowly. So yeah, going to Pilsen for the Airways Festival with Miriam and giving her feedback and kind of assisting in a role into like more dramaturgy roles and being in studio. so it's 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 the slow brewing that's really great, and then I also think um, something that Miriam and I have, which other collaborations I'm involved in don't, we actually have like quite a strong person that leads the concept of the work. So mm-hmm. um, Miriam's recent solo rays that I worked on that just premiered in Vienna at Brut, um, I was it was very much her concept, and I was. Um, acting coach and helping build the text and restore that I'm working on at the moment with Miriam. Miriam's coming in as a movement collaborator, but the concept is really driven by myself. So that's something that um, is a particular way that we're working in at the moment that, um, yeah, actually it's kind of really working. Like we're very generous to each other's concept and really embrace them. Um, but you're kind of delving into the world of the other and mm. kind of helping the seeds grow. <laughs> so that, that's been really nice clarity, actually. Mm. And I think for me also what uh, is kind of, it's a very important aspect that um, sustained this connection, um, also this artistic connection throughout all these years is very much uh, a big enthusiasm about our own practices and a really, how should I say, like, listening to Renee, what she does on one day. (laughs) She's really, like, um, pushing to make things happen. And um, on my side, I'm also really, like, uh, yeah, I don't know, enthusiastic about, like, making things work and um, uh, realize things that are important to me artistically. But just the fact that to know that there is another person that um, really wants to know the limits of an art form and, like, push them um is really important to me somehow like uh create a certain trust in into each other's practice i think uh knowing that uh we both kind of go for what's possible i think i know what did you say (laughs) yeah it's true we have very long days we're trying to have shorter days working hard yeah 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 (laughs) Do you guys get annoyed with each other? Not yet, no. I mean, we have six weeks ahead of us now together in, in, in Australia. <laughs> let's see, let's talk in six weeks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, we. yeah, no, not at the moment. I think it is also the clarity of uh, serving the other, serving the other, co- these concepts that are really mm. great, that we kind of also fully mm. get behind them. Like, so um, Restore's about this perception of time acceleration in modern life, actually very much like this, you know, Western world that uh, Miriam and I are both in, of, you know, being also very linked to the future and what's coming up, 
but then kind of this, um, you know, this kind of Instagramming and this, uh, I don't know how you would call it, like, um, yeah, like nostalgia, I guess, linked with these images of the past and keeping them very close and then what we are doing in present time in all these different, you know, being in the future with planning behind with all these images and nostalgia and then being where we are right now. So, like, also how we how we deal with these different elements of time as the way we're living. Um, and so, yeah, it's really nice that we're both really engaged in that idea of contemporary lifestyle and we can go into that. So we would never get annoyed at one another. We might get annoyed at uh, wanting something from the movement or the, or where we are at the moment with the work, but that's in the work and not mm. one another. Mm. <laughs> and how has collaborating changed or pushed, I guess, your individual practices? Yeah, so for me, I, I've been moving for a long time um, through, through dancing kind of all my life. And I think one thing I was really excited about when beginning to work with Miriam was this, um, I guess, what she was talking about with the Lara score and just kind of really narrowing down into one very specific quality that she would work on again and again and really tease out all the different nuances she could find in this one quality. Um, whereas I was kind of moving quite quickly between projects. And it's quite interesting with Restore because I started it in 2015 in a residency in Iceland and then I did a Fringe version for Melbourne Fringe in 2016 and then I didn't really get to where I needed to with this idea. It, it was something that, you know, I thought, okay, if I continue with this, and it was about, you know, moving fast and time acceleration and kind of skipping between things, but if I actually stayed with something and went into it and also brought Miriam's knowledge in of the body and narrowing in that we could actually create something really special. And I think that's also something that through this collaboration I've really um, learnt to build something. And I think it's also an Australian practice sometimes because there isn't those big touring circuits. We kind of pick something up and do it a few times and then go on to the next thing. Whereas something also in Lara, like Lara's been going for three years and it really took a long time to make and then you kind of, it continues for years if it's a really great work, you know, there's that potential. Um, so that was something that I was really excited about, continuing something and then also hoping it moves on to a long life. <laughs> I mean, also like coming, which is maybe also really related to my role um, within the project of Restore, um, I think is also really to, to look at um, movement-wise what is already there and like what Renee suggests within the work and how to make it really strong because my background is I mean I studied contemporary dance and um, artistic research um, also did a bit of choreography already um, within my BA um, um, study but so like I have that this is like my background to uh, to help um, movement grow to its fullest potential or whatever you would call that and I think that is really like when you when we met at Impulse Dance, I felt that was really a turning point also in your practice that you said you were moving already um, since long, uh, but to kind of like deepen your understanding within that discipline and kind of make that your own in your um, practice um, also as a 
spoken artist, you say that? Yeah, yeah. yeah text-based artist. <laughs> text-based artist, yeah. Um, and then also with text, that's something that, so the last work of Miriam, so Miriam, I have a duet um, that I've invited Miriam to called and she saw that it was good, and we had a development and Tans Fabric in Berlin last summer for the Open Spaces Festival. And that was actually the first time that Miriam spoke on stage. Um, and that was really exciting actually going through because I have quite a strong voice practice. So we would do vocal warm-ups and then take that into the body and begin this kind of crossover of speaking and dancing and putting them together, really from like a, yeah, making sounds and vocal training rather than just dance. Dance, sometimes it happens in dance when you dance and then you think, okay, I'm going to say something. This is really about, you know, going into the, the sounds and the movement and then thinking how they can go together mm. and then become really accessible mm. for an audience yeah. and uh, communicate. Yeah. So that was, and Miriam also spoke in her last solo when we went to Vienna together for that work. So. That was really yeah. exciting. And that is really starting now because Renee has like a lot of knowledge already uh, regarding moving. Uh, but I really don't have much knowledge of like talking on stage. I mean, I talk every like all day long, but not on stage, not as a practice, not as an artistic practice. But somehow, like that is uh, because um, my my works are so particularly rooted in the body. Sometimes I'm I'm getting a bit frustrated that a lot of these experiences don't transmit to an audience. So um, there is also this need or interest to articulate certain, um, yeah, uh, certain things that I find during a process to an audience in a show, um, which is where um, Renee's expertise comes in. And we did a great deal of work in this last work, Race, that uh, Renee already mentioned, um, to implement really wording and text in uh in my work and that was really exciting I was really confronting <laughs> because it's like really new to me um yeah and I think it's really a starting point like I just recently looked at the registration of the work I'm like yeah sure <laughs> way to go <laughs> yeah registration means documentation documentation is what yeah. they call it in Europe <laughs> video of the premiere video of the premiere yeah so in terms of that I guess interest in or background in movement, is there something yeah. really difficult in embodying more spoken word? Yeah, well, let's say it's just uh, I've been busy with moving since 10 years now and uh, have never been busy with speaking on stage. So there's, like, really this huge gap in expertise. Um, of course, I know how to, like, I mean, there's a lot of expertise in, like, how to be on stage. I mean, I'm a performer, but still, like, opening my mouth, <laughs> I was like um, spoken English, which is not my mother tongue, um, which is an extra difficulty, of course, also to be creative with words in like, uh, your second language. Um, and I think confronting, yeah, in that in that sense that um, I'm really used to see myself move in a video, um, but I'm not used to see myself speak in a video. And so that's just something also to like uh, to get to know myself speaking i know myself really well moving also on video but i don't know myself so well speaking so this is something that just needs to be get more familiar but also there's just a lot of a lot to learn i think that is it that i just see the quality of my moving is really somewhere else than my quality of speaking <laughs> yeah. but i think it's also interesting this like we we do use video a lot when we're making work um yeah. 
yeah, a lot. Like, I think a lot of, I mean, we're not the only ones, obviously, this idea of, you know, documenting on your computer and then watching it back on QuickTime mm. and finessing something. Mm. I think that's also something, you know, now working with movement scores, the way um, myself and a few other contemporary dancers are working, um, it's really about, like, getting really into these different movement qualities and so I know I know sometimes some choreographers I also work with that we you know there's no video and you just remember the good bits but I think more and more with technology the way we're making work is really changing so it is that thing about yeah what's alien that you do or don't and and also how do you see it I think that's something I've learned from working together recently also looking back at the footage and saying okay like Actually, if, you know, I relax my elbows for that that phrase, there's, like, a whole other possibility that opens and, you know, becoming really detailed, actually, in where the tensions are and things like that and mm. how to see that. Mm. Um, and then how to, in the doing of it, be aware of it as well. It's, mm. it's really interesting, actually, and a bit like the works that we're playing with. Mm. And, I mean, also, like, um, talking about my practice, I'm mostly in the studio alone. So there's no one outside kind of giving me guidance or uh, directions where where to go. So like the computer kind of becomes a collaborator. <laughs> yeah, totally. And without that, it's really, really hard. I've recently worked on a project where um, I work really with a choreographer, and but uh, that choreographer would not really give instructions, but it was also not, not much time to look at the footage. That was really hard. So in a way... Um, this outside eye, the camera, can be really, really helpful to look at yourself. Yeah. And in regards to, I mean, obviously that that intersection between movement and spoken word um, can exist in quite different performance realms. Are there things that you think can be said in movement that can't be spoken and vice versa, things that can be spoken but can't be said in movement? Mm, that's nice. I think for me... Um, often, or like how I like to think about movement, or also really what makes me be enthusiastic about movement still, um, it's very much in between of uh, that movement, or let's say that's also the movement that I'm interested in in my work. Um, the spaces in between stuff that you can grasp. So my my like movement qualities that I'm dealing with. Um, I'm very happy with them when it's really hard to grasp them. That they're very specific, but very hard to understand, really. So um, that is for me really uh, a strength of moving, I guess. Um, and also that it like uh, communicates to an audience on a really, really uh, like a bodily level, on a visceral level, that it speaks through the body, body itself. That when you look at a moving body, that your mirror neurons. Um, will follow that movement that you see and um, so on a very really visceral level there is an understanding happening or a communication happening which is very different uh, to when you listen to a text I think that really addresses very different levels of our perception mm. <clears throat> and it's also quite direct I think with text like um I know there's I'm definitely feeling at the moment in like reworking restore which for the fringe version was very much like kind of movement section, text section, movement section, and a little bit of bleeding in between, but they were kind of separate. Mm. And now bringing them closer together, you, I feel like the, the movement, sometimes it needs longer. Like there is that thing 
that it takes time for you to relax into a dance work and find what interests you in it. Whereas text, once you kind of lay that on top, it's, we, you know, we, if it's English and we're English speakers, we just hold on to that. Mm. Like, um, and we know that stop is stop, for example. And then we think about what were the stops in the movement we just saw and what are the stops that will come, you know, I mean, it's not a word mm. we say, it's just a silly example, mm. <laughs> but it, it gives you an idea, I think, of, um, yeah, the way we're kind of creating me- meaning and how we do that. Mm. And I think lots of uh, dance also, there is, like design is very present and um, that also helps with these kind of more physical worlds often. Um, mm-hmm. So that's, that's also another part of the works we're working on now that's been very present and influencing how we're using um, the movement and the words. But I think what is really difficult when there are a lot of, I find difficulties when you start combining um, text and body because what Renee already said, to just push it a bit further, that often um, the text kind of grasps your 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 um, perception really quickly, and then often the the text just illustrates what the body does, and that's really unfortunate for me at least. And I think that's really not what both of us are interested in. But we kind of like um, try to carve out what are the strengths of um, both of these art forms and what can they articulate. And I think it's really different things to articulate, and we just start to. Under, like start understanding or getting a grip on that I think um, and I think that will be a big question that will like spiral around in the process of and she saw there was good the work that we're gonna work on next dive into next right yeah, yeah because that is really a very relevant question for both of us I guess like how these two um, art forms can exist on stage without like weakening the other yeah. I mean, the art forms more generally. What what is it that that why are they are why are they important, or what can they say that I guess other disciplines or other spaces can't? Actually, for me, um, the experience of people coming together to see a live performance and um, like a, a congregation and a ritual around that it's still something I find very um, yeah important a community and very dear to me in the same way that, you know, you had the, the Thespians and the Greeks and everyone came to the amphitheatre. Like, um, that that space, I think, is... And, I mean, of, co- of course, you know, we both the works are kind of dealing with this, like, digitalization and um, it's kind of funny that people are coming together to see real bodies then also in, investigating the digital, but there is something in this um, liveness which, yeah, it's, it's a totally addictive mm. and um, it's a really special, mm. special world to be in. Mm. Mm. I mean, for me, really in terms of movement, what makes it really, really relevant for me right now is really to shift into digital space that we experience on like a, a big, bigger level um, to really look at how what's the what is actually still the physical response of our organic material or like our our like physical being um and not to say like hey it's super important but more to like say um so far we've been mostly a physical being as humans and now we're like creating this like alternative realities for ourselves 
And I'm just really interested in the question how that changes our physical being and how how the experience of of life is shifting and what kind of like imprints that leaves on our our bodies. And I feel that is something that movement and dance can well I wouldn't even call it dance, but just like moving movement digging into the body and its movement patterns can really reveal or has a lot to say about it. So that makes it really relevant and interesting, specifically now, mm-hmm. um, specifically with all these like contemporary experiences mm-hmm. that are so vastly changing. Yeah, and there is something also. I, I've recently, you know, I've been uh, seeing a lot of work or like performance work through over a different disciplines, and there's also the comedy festival in Melbourne, which I think is just about to start up, and that idea also of. Ex- like what is accessible because I think the way we're talking at the moment is really from an artist's perspective and okay so this is how we're working and getting into this nitty-gritty of how does it work but there is also that thing about translation and communication and um, I think contemporary dance is really alienating to a lot of people especially coming back I was recently just at Showcase Victoria the last few days talking with regional presenters who have, you know, performing arts venues. And it was like, oh, it's really hard, this contemporary dance thing. Like, you know, there's a dance school, but I don't know how they're going to, how do I get them to come to a show? And, you know, it was like that thing about, you know, being also having this, this movement and the words, everyone's walking around, everyone's talking to each other. Um, Not everyone, of course, people have different abilities and things like that, but in general, these aren't new new ways of being in the world. It's just that we're we're kind of using them to tap into some ideas and this urgency, and uh, we'd like to share it with people who sit down and watch it or participate in it. Um, And it's actually, I don't know, this this hierarchy of contemporary dance, and um, I would like to kind of also see that somehow over time become more accessible. Yeah, cool. Um, so much could be said about that. <laughs> I know. I want to go off into this international regional thing, which I'm totally championing at the moment, but <laughs> we can leave that to another conversation maybe. But it is interesting that um, Miriam and I are also, we're working at Dance House, but we're also going out to Punctum Inc. in Castle Maine and we're running workshops and also in Adelaide. So... Um, I come from Bunbury in Western Australia and uh, Miriam from Salzburg in Austria and we're kind of also maintaining that, um, trying to, you know, help with that accessibility of contemporary dance and going out of the metropolitan city. So, um, yeah, we're, we're slowly kind of getting there. <laughs> yeah. I think that you, uh, said, I think for both of our works, it's like really important to be very specific in our questions, but that the outcome speaks by itself. So that um, no matter how conceptual we can get about like what we're doing, um, that what will be put on stage is actually a thing by itself that it can be um, grasped or experienced by itself without needing to have like a really long conversation with us beforehand or afterwards. That it can, yeah. I think for for us, it's really important that we don't have to explain stuff. That it's just really what it is, and that this can be intense experience. And that experience can also be alienating, of course, on, like, maybe yeah. not that you, you can put in a box where it was that you saw, but that it definitely does something yeah. to you in the best case, yeah. And I think there is nice things in um, both the works. Like, Restore has this 
crocheted rug that my great auntie Jeanette made and kind of talk about the rug and that each square took four hours to make and you kind of see all these squares, you know, this kind of colourful squared crocheted rug and you can kind of feel the audience beginning to count the squares and then I do a dance with the rug and you kind of almost see time performing and it's kind of interesting though, like that's just people that crochet, I know some women that have, you know, come to developments and they're just crocheters and they don't see contemporary dance, not just, they're very important crocheters. <laughs> um, and that's like another entry, you know, like there's, it's another way of connecting with something and then they're also connecting with movement, which is something new. And, um, yeah, I could speak, there's a few moments like that in Lara as well. So I think that's interesting about, yeah, just being aware also of the audience and the communication that you want to have. Not always, not to the detriment or like, you know, not taking risks that you think you can take, but I think there is an awareness of um, the time that people are giving to spend time with your ideas and share ideas. So obviously in May you've got um, these performances and developments. What's on for the rest of the year after May? Yeah, so, um, yeah, we have six weeks together in Australia. Um, after the Dance House double bill of Restore and Lara, we continue working on And She Saw That It Was Good, which is uh, the duet that Miriam and I are working on. Um, and it comes from a concept that I've been developing for a while, and I'm directing that piece. And then um, we go to Adelaide with that for another workshop and showing. And then Restore will have its European premiere at the Performing Arts Festival in Berlin in June. Um, and then I go off to work on another project in Finland for a month and um, Miriam continues with Lara. Yes, yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, Lara's going to um, open the solo dance festival in Ankara, the capital of Turkey, just in now June. Um, and now it's an exciting time because sooner we'll hear if like the funding for my next project phone <laughs> is going through or not, so that will decide what I'm going to be spending the next half year working on that or uh, not. Or not. Or maybe the duet just goes off and we continue yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> sharing time. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes, a lot of exciting projects coming up and of course, like as always, the future is uncertain. Exactly, and time is accelerating <laughs> yes. due to uncertainty. Exactly. <laughs> well, thank you so much, both of you. Thanks for listening. You'll find a list of episode notes at delvingintodance.com. Delving Into Dance relies on the support of you, the listener. You can support by subscribing on iTunes, following and reviewing on Facebook, following on Twitter, telling your friends, and if you have some spare money, please consider leaving a contribution. Each episode takes a significant investment to get it to your listening ears. So please, support where you can. Delving Into Dance acknowledges all those donors who have contributed. I also acknowledge the support of the Victorian Government through Creative Victoria. And until next time, take care.